Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church. Well, good morning. It's time to worship. It's time to praise. And this song is going to remind you that it's time to sing. Worship with us wherever you are this morning. Here we go. Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. We will sing, sing, sing. Grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise. Lift high the name of Jesus. Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. We will sing. Sing, sing, grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise. Lift high the name of Jesus. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises I'm so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. your name on high. Here we go, sing now. Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. We will sing, sing, sing. Grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise. Lift high the name of Jesus. no sweeter name than the name of Jesus as we sing these songs. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. No sweeter name have I ever known. No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. 
no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. No sweeter name have I ever known. No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. You are the life to my heart and my soul. You are the light to the darkness around me. You are the hope to the hopeless and broken. You are the only truth and the way. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Amen. Blessed Redeemer, living Word. No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. No sweeter name have I ever known. No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. Precious name. Oh, how sweet, oh, covered and joy of Him, precious name, oh, how sweet, oh, covered and joy. darkness around me. You are the hope to the hopeless and broken. You are the only truth and the way. Truth and the way. Truth and the way. I wish we could be saved. Let's thank him for what he's done for us. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me
my sin and shame in love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love Lord thank you for the nail-pierced hands wash me in your cleansing flow now I know you for forgiveness and embrace worthy is the lamb seated on the throne we crown you now with many crowns you reign The grayness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy,
praise that precious name, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we are so thankful again on this Sunday morning that we can come together in our different homes and that we can worship together. That the Holy Spirit uh, who moves in me also moves in you. The Holy Spirit that stirs my heart to want to sing out praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is that same Holy Spirit that stirs you to want to do the same. And so this, this uh, Sunday of Mother's Day, uh, we want to uh, wish all of our mothers a happy Mother's Day. And we just are so thankful uh, for the moms that God has blessed us with. And for some of us, that was uh, the, mo- the mother who gave birth to us. For, for some of us, that was a special lady who took interest in us. Uh, for some of us, it was a, a grandmother. For some of us, it was a Sunday school teacher. For some of us, it might have been a school teacher. But those have, there have been those special ladies uh, in our lives who have meant so much to us. And uh, thank you uh, to all of those ladies who have given so much to uh, love us and to share the gospel with us. And I think about so many of you uh, here at Brinesburg, so many of you ladies who have studied tirelessly through the years uh, to make sure that you're ready to teach preschoolers, to teach young children in elementary school or middle schooler and high schoolers, or maybe it was even a, an adult class uh, of ladies that you have just poured into the Word of God so that you'd be ready to teach, so you'd be able to share the love of Jesus with folks. So many of our ladies who have been on missions and been a part of, of so many different ministry projects and outreaches throughout uh, the, the history of Brinesburg Baptist Church. And we honor you this morning. And as we've already seen, this is a different kind of Mother's Day, a uh, quarantined Mother's Day. But I hope that if your mother is still with us, I hope that you'll reach out to her today. I hope that you'll do something to let her know just how much you love her. And for those that have, their mothers have already passed on and and. and we, we miss them so much, but we thank the Lord for them. We thank the Lord for the moms that God blessed us with for the years that we were blessed with them. And so uh, we want to honor you. Wish it was like every other year and I could go out and have our ushers passing out special things in our pews. But uh, we are so glad that we were able to at least be together in this way and honor you today. I do uh, want to let you know that we are right now, since uh, yesterday, or Friday I guess it was, uh, they finally put out the um, guidelines of what we're going to need to do in order to be able to get back into the building. So it looks like our first Sunday back together is going to be on May the 24th, and uh, it looks like we're probably going to need to have two services uh, during that day, and so we're going to be getting that information out to you of exactly how we're going to make all that happen. Uh, if you'd like to help be a te- uh, part of the team that's going to make that happen, you can let me know about that as well. Uh, but we will be reaching out to some folks as well because uh, it's going to take uh, a little bit of doing. As I said last week, it's going to look different. Uh, we're not going to be able to hug. We're not going to be able to handshake right now or pass the plates or any of that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, we are looking forward to coming back together, and uh, we will be able to spend time in worship and, and prayer and the study of God's Word, and so that's going to be exciting and exciting for me to be able to look out and to be able to preach to your faces and not just have to imagine you there uh, through the camera, but uh, we are looking forward to that time of getting back together. Uh, we do want to remember several this week who are going to be facing surgeries uh, for cancer and cancer treatments starting for others, and uh, We just want to lift up those individuals today, uh, as well as many others who have got health issues that are 
that are uh, still facing them right now, and they've got to have to go to doctor's appointments and certainly want to pray for them. But also families that are struggling right now. We know that some families are struggling with relationships that were strained to begin with, and this has put extra pressure and extra stress, uh, but also those with financial issues right now. But most of all, we continue to pray for the lost, and we continue to pray for those opportunities to see uh, the one that, that the Lord's laid on our heart for this year, to see them come to know Jesus, the opportunities to share the gospel, the opportunities to, to reach out. And so uh, one great opportunity is going to be coming up uh, tomorrow night on Monday evening. We're going to be having a uh, virtual evangelism training, and you can go to the Blood River Baptist Association uh, Facebook page, and uh, you can uh, click in there at 6 o'clock, and that, there'll be an opportunity for you to get plugged into that opportunity to get some training, even right now, uh, and to begin to think about how you can uh, through this difficult time of quarantine, be able to share the gospel with those the Lord has laid upon your heart. And so think about that. Uh, again, we, we still have on a daily basis, um, I'm putting out some, some short devotionals, and so we have those kind of things going on. We're going to continue to do that uh, even as we look towards the 24th of opening back up. And so uh, at this time, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. If you're with your family right now, gather together. Uh, let's hold hands, let's kneel, and let's spend some time uh, before the throne of grace together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we do thank you so much for mothers. Lord, we thank you for those ladies that we call mother, for those ladies that we call uh, grandmother, for our, our precious wives who have uh, done so much to help raise our children to, to know you and to love you. And, and Lord, we're blessed. Uh, Lord, we recognize you've put so many special ladies into, into our lives. And there's some ladies who have, who have never uh, had children, uh, but Lord, they are, are, are mothers in the faith nonetheless. I can think of so many ladies like that who have poured everything they have into the lives of children and youth. And, and Lord, we are so thankful for them right here at Brinesburg. They are so special, and we want to honor them this morning. And thank you again for what they have done in ministry and missions uh, in the life of Brinesburg Baptist Church. Lord, this morning we also recognize that we've got folks that are facing uh, a variety of different issues this morning. Some are health-related, some are relationships, some are financial. Uh, but most importantly, we want to pray for the lost. Uh, Lord, we recognize that there are so many uh, who we still need to share the gospel with. And even today, as we continue to pro proclaim uh, the gospel through, through the preaching of your word, as we continue to lift up our hearts and our voices in praise, but I pray that if there is even one today uh, who is watching, who's listening, and they recognize that they don't yet have that uh, relationship with you, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they would surrender uh, their life, that, Lord, they'd repent of sin, they turn to you uh, for salvation, and, Lord, we're going to rejoice in advance for the work that you're going to do today. And so, Lord, as we continue to spend this time in worship, Lord, uh, I just pray that all distractions, and I know there are many right now because of the situation we find ourselves in, but I pray, pray right now that all the distractions might be taken away and that, Lord, we would just hear the message that you would have us to hear today to your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue in worship. Worship choir, you know the song, so wherever you are at, sing it loud so we can praise him. Here we go. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail 
There's an anchor for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome. And the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. And I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrows, no more pain. I will This darkness breaks to light, and the shadows disappear, and my faith shall be my eyes. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory. He is risen from the dead, and I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrows, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wings before my God. Fall
important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, for where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, Happy Mother's Day. Amen. And again, we do want to wish all of our moms a happy Mother's Day. And uh, we are just uh, so honored to be able to uh, thank of you and, and honor you on uh, this special day. Uh, again, though, this morning as uh, we think about what the Lord has done in the life of our church through this uh, pandemic, through this difficult season, again, I thank you for your faithful giving. And I thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able uh, to just continue in ministry and continue to reach out to folks and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus through all of this. And uh, as I've been talking to uh, Brother Marvin about Bags of Hope, and that ministry has, has just been a wonderful lifeline for so many uh, during uh, these difficult days. Uh, Brother Marvin has said, you know, the churches have just stepped up in such a great way. And he you know, mentioned our church once again of, of just how folks are bringing things in and, and uh, filling the shelves and making sure that that's a ministry that can keep on keeping on. And so uh, we're so thankful for that. And again, this morning you have the opportunity uh, to join the Lord in the work that he is doing. 
And so, again, we have three different ways you can give. Of course, you can continue to mail uh, your offering and your, your tithes in, and you can do that by sending them to 892 Bryansburg Road, Benton, Kentucky, 42025. Uh, you can come by on Wednesdays, and, uh, of course, you can continue to uh, put your offering and your tithes into uh, the box there at the office. Or you can go to bryansburgbaptist.org, and you can go to the top of the page, and you will see the Give button there at the top. Simply click there, and it's very simple how you can give through your debit and checking account. And so uh, we're, uh, we're excited to be able to continue to have those opportunities, even though we can't be gathered uh, corporately in this building uh, for, the, for another week or so. Uh, we can t- continue to have opportunities to give so we can do the ministry and the mission that the Lord has called us to do, not only here in our own community in Marshall County, but clearly going out throughout our state, our nation, and the world. And so thank you for continuing to support all of those ministry and missions opportunities. This morning we continue in our study of the Spirit-Filled Warfare. Today we're going to be in part four, and we're going to be looking at the shield of faith. And so if you want to be turning in your Bible again, we're there in Ephesians chapter 6, and today we're going to be looking at verse 16. So as you turn in your Bibles, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we do thank you for the opportunity that you have given, given once again for us to open up your word and for us to study. And Lord, we thank you uh, for what you have shown us about the, this armor that we are to have on at all times. It's not something that we just take up at one time or another and then we put it back down and we take it up when we need it again. But we continually wear so that in the evil day we will be able to stand. And so today, uh, this shield of faith, Lord, I pray that we would recognize what it is. And Lord, that we would recognize uh, what it means to us as believers and how essential it is to us as believers. But if there's uh, anyone watching today and they don't yet know you as Savior and as Lord, Lord, I pray that um, they, they might make a decision to repent of their sin, turning away from sin and trusting in you and what you've done, the finished work of, of the cross where you gave your life, you shed your blood as the payment for our sin debt. And then on the third day, you rose from that tomb and Lord, you declared victory. Lord, over even death itself. And so, uh, Lord, I pray today we might see folks give their heart and life over to you. Lord, I recognize that I'm a very weak vessel. So, Lord, I pray that you might hide me behind the cross so that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If there's one word that I hope that you remember through this study, it is the word stand. Because God desires that we be able to stand against the attacks of our enemy. To stand means to be able to hold a critical critical, uh, position during the enemy's attack. And as we've talked about many times, this is a military term. And it's the idea of standing firm, of standing against the enemy and and protecting a a position, protecting that which has already been won, what has already been taken away from the enemy. And that's exactly what we do. We're not trying to fight for victory. We are fighting from victory. And I hope that you're remembering that each week, that the victory has already been won by the Lord Jesus Christ. But we are to stand and to stand firm, and we are to continue to hold on to that which the Lord has 
blessed us with. And God has blessed his people by giving us such precious, precious things. We have the truth. We have his church. We have his word. We have his grace. We have his salvation. We have his blessing. We have so much more in him. But the problem is, is that our enemy, the devil, does not want us to have the things we have been given by the Lord. And so he will do everything in his power to strip those things away from us. And what he can't take away from us, he will do everything in his power to nullify. And if he can't take it, then, then he wants to strip it, to strip it of its power in our lives. And so if we're going to keep what the Lord has won for us already, then we are going to have to stand and hold those precious ground that we have been given. And so if we're going to stand, we must put on the whole armor of God. So we've already examined the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And then last week we looked at the boots of peace. And so this morning, this next piece of armor that we're going to be looking at is the, the shield of faith found there in verse 16. And so if you're at home, I hope you got your Bible out. And let's stand together in honor of the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 6, look there with me at verse 16. Paul says, and above all... Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You may be seated. What an amazing picture that Paul paints for us here. And so the first question we look at is, is how the shield of faith is designed. We know that, that shields were vitally important to the Roman soldier. There were several different kinds of shields in use uh, during the Romans' uh, time period. Uh, there, there were two kinds that were most commonly used, though. Uh, one was a very small round shield that would be secured to the soldier's arm by leather straps. Uh, and so when I think about this one, I, some, some of you may have, have seen the Marvel movies. I, I think of the, the Captain America shield. You know, that's kind of what I have in my mind, you know, that shield that he has on his arm as he, as he fights with his other arm. And so that shield was, was to protect from the enemy's blades in hand-to-hand combat. And it was a small shield, lightweight shield. Um, and that's not what Paul is referring to here. And, and this is why, because uh, the, the, the shield that he was referring to was a large shield. It was a door-shaped shield, and it was the size of a door. You see, this shield was about four feet, uh, maybe four and a half feet, and two and a half feet wide. And so the shield was designed to, at that time, literally cover the entire soldier's body. Uh, When he got down behind it, and of course, you have to remember... Uh, Roman soldiers were not as, as big as I am. They would have been smaller in stature. But So as they got down in a fighting position, that shield would be able to cover their entire body, to protect their entire body. And so the shield was, was usually made of a, a solid piece of wood, and that would be covered with either uh, metal or a heavy leather, uh, oiled leather. And so a man could put his entire body behind that shield, and it would absorb the javelins and the arrows of the enemy and in the case of flaming arrows, very often that the arrow would, would be snuffed out as it burned itself in that, the thickness of, of that shield. And so he was protected behind it. And, and during a battle, those great shields would be held up. And as, as all of those, those arrows and those javelins were, were thrown in, that, that 
shield would be covered with bristles almost. It would almost look like a porcupine as it took all that which was being thrown at the soldier. That shield took that and saved the soldier's life. The shield was curved along its length to provide uh, some protection to the soldier's sides as well. The shields were, were protected by a leather cover until they were needed for battle. And the shield was one of the most important pieces of armor possessed by a Roman soldier. So when Roman soldiers went into battle, those carrying the larger shields would march in the front of the army. And so those with the largest shield would be the front line of defense. And they marched side by side with their shields literally pressed against one another. And often when the the Romans faced their enemies, the, the, the ranks of soldiers which followed the first rank would then raise their shields over their heads. So you'd have the first group with their shields down, but then everyone else would have their shields over their heads. And so when they did that... When they got side by side and, and when the shields were on top of them, it would literally create an impenetrable barrier. And so as a Roman army came to you, it had been hard to have done anything about it because it was almost as if they had a force field around them with these shields. Arrows and swords and spears were useless against a Roman shielded army. Any missile thrown by the enemy would be harmlessly tossed to the ground as it hit those shields. At times, these Roman shielded forces are said to have have covered a space of of as much as a mile. Can you imagine a Roman shielded mile wide army coming against you? What 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 a terrifying thought if you were on the other side, right? But also I want you to notice how this shield of faith is described. We're told here that the believers need a shield. The shield we need is, is not one that is made of iron or of leather. It's not a man-made shield that we're speaking of. The shield we are told to have is called the shield of faith. Now the faith that Paul refers to here, to here is not the, the body of Christian belief that we hold so dear. He's not referring to, to the doctrines in which we believe. He's referring to the simple faith that we have in God. This faith refers to our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his finished work upon the cross of Calvary for our salvation. He's speaking of our daily faith in Jesus that leads to blessings and daily provision and strength for our journey uh, with him. And this kind of faith is the simple faith that we place in Jesus. It's what Jesus referred to as he was describing it to his disciples as childlike faith. Simple trust in the Lord that saves us, that grounds us, that strengthens us, that calms us, that grows us, that establishes us. That's the faith that we speak of. And we recognize that faith is necessary. It's a non-negotiable component of the Christian life. We must have faith. And so we can't be saved apart from faith in God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that our entire Christian life is built upon and sustained by a consistent belief that God is and that he blesses those who place their faith in him, that we know who he is. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, we all live by some form of faith or another in our everyday lives. 
if you live here in Marshall County, uh, pretty much regardless of where you live, you're going to cross several large or small bridges of one type or another on your way to Walmart, on your way to work, on your way uh, to school, on your way to church. You're going to have to cross some bridges, and you're going to trust, you're going to have faith that those bridges will support you. We eat food from restaurants and, and from grocery stores, trusting that it won't poison us. We trust electrical wiring in our homes, that it, it's not going to shock us when we try to turn on the lights, or, or that it's not going to burn our houses down. We trust automobiles and airplanes and ships and buses, and we believe that they will safely deliver us to whatever the destination is that we are going to. And our faith in those things is well-founded. For they have proven themselves over and over to get it done. Whatever it is we need done, whatever it is we're trusting them with, they, we have faith that, that it's going to work. But faith in Jesus is far and above our everyday faith that we practice when we climb into a car or when we head down the road or when we drive over a bridge. You see, those things do have the ability to fail us. Bridges do collapse sometimes. Food does give us food poisoning sometimes. Sometimes electrical wiring does burn down houses. Sometimes planes crash. Sometimes car wrecks happen. Sometimes those things fail us. But Jesus does not. Our faith, you see, is only as good as the object in which that faith is placed in. And when our faith is placed in the Lord Jesus Christ, in God the Father, then our faith is in someone who cannot fail. Everything else in this world will fail. I, I, as your pastor, at some point or another, I will fail you. That's a guarantee. I'm going to do something you're not going to agree with. I'm going to forget about something that, that I should have remembered. In, in one way or another, I'm going to fail you. But Jesus Christ will never fail you. Thus, the faith of the Christian has power because the object of our faith is all-powerful. And so true Christian faith never fails because the object of our faith never fails. You see, we need to be sure that our faith is in the Lord. The gospel will save the souls of all who trust in its message. The Lord will be a father to all who, who reach out to him by faith. The word of God will never fail. The faith of the believer in God is never misplaced, but our faith in him is essential if we want to succeed in our walk with him, and if we want to see our enemy defeated in his efforts to attract, to attack us and to destroy us. And so the shield of faith is necessary because it provides us with a connection to the Lord. It is also necessary because it protects us from the enemy who desires to slay us. But thirdly, I want you to see how the shield of faith is deployed. The Bible says that the shield of faith will enable us to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, what the picture is here is in ancient times, the tips of these arrows would have been wrapped in a piece of cloth. And then they would have been dipped into pitch and they would have been lit on fire. And this would then... Uh, allow the enemy to not only shoot an arrow that could kill because of it hitting its mark, but also when, when that flaming arrow, the pitch on that flaming arrow hit, whatever it hit, a shield or whatever else it hit, that, that pitch would splatter in every direction and it would ignite and, and, and cause anything flammable that it touched to catch on fire. And so 
arrows could, could cause damage by piercing the body. Uh, the pitch could cause serious burns in skin, and it could burn the equipment. It could burn the gear. And so the Roman soldier's shield had extra protection. The, the Roman soldier's shield would, would provide an adequate defense against these fiery missiles. They were designed in that way. Because if the shields were metal, then that arrow, as it flew, would not be able to penetrate that, that metal. And so it would be deflected and it would land on the ground harmlessly. But if the shield were of leather, then they would do something extra. If, if the shield were of leather, they would dip that shield and they would soak it in water so that that leather absorbed that water. And so that wet leather, when the, the fiery arrows were fired, they would quench them as they hit that soaking wet leather. Those fiery arrows would literally be quenched. They would be put out. And the soldiers would be protected. And every day, every day the saint of God is attacked by the fiery darts of the devil. And the arrows that he launches against us are usually the arrows of temptation. The enemy assaults us with temptation to immorality and to hatred, to envy and anger, covetousness and envy. And, and fear, despair, dishonesty, doubt, pride, and every other conceivable sin. And Satan comes against us continually, attacking us and tempting us to sin. And these are the fiery darts. The fiery darts of temptation have the potential to inflict great damage on our lives, but the shield of faith has the power to quench all of the devil's fiery darts. And so we all have lust within us, which are incredibly easily ignited, it would seem. All that is needed, it seems, is the tiniest flame, and we become a roaring fire. And so we are attacked by the enemy. We're attacked by hot shafts of, of all, all kinds of sensual sins, of foul language, of, of diseased arrows, of degrading passions, smoking arrows of, of materialism. He, he fires them at us relentlessly. And we, I'm afraid, burn so easily. As the arrows fly towards us, our rationalization comes all too naturally, I'm afraid. We say things like, well, if God didn't want me to have this, then, then why did he make me have such a desire for such things? Or why did he allow me to have a, a, an attraction to that person or to that pleasure? Or my neighbor has it and he's doing fine. He, he seems to be doing well. God's not punishing him. So I can have it too. We rationalize our sin. We're ready at all times it seems to sin. We're really good at justifying our sin. And, and, and trying to, to make it sound like it's something good. We marry a lost person and we try to justify it by talking about how much we love the other person. Oh, we, we were meant for each other. And if we're meant for each other, then God must have a plan. Or we gossip and we justify it by saying, oh, I'm just talking about them because I'm so concerned about their need. Or we say things like, oh, you know, we, we do 10,000 other things that we try to justify in countless other ways. And in the end, it all really comes down to the same thing, that when we sin and when we try to justify that sin, we are guilty of doing Satan's will over the will of our Lord. And the end result is always sin. No matter how we try to rationalize it, no matter how we try to make excuses, 
no matter how good we try to say that what we're doing is, it's really us giving in to the attacks of the enemy, and it always leads us in to greater sin. But then comes God's word. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, he says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ox, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. As we believe God's word, the shield flies up and the arrows fall down into ashes. It's as C.S. Lewis said, we must pray for the gift of faith, for the power to go on believing, not in the teeth of reason, but in the teeth of lust. You see, Satan desires to defeat us, and that, that fact is very clear for all of us. And his primary means of accomplishing his goal is getting us to sin. And when we sin, we do so because we have come to believe that sin can provide something for us that God cannot provide. Sin is always rooted in doubt of the goodness of God's character. When we sin, we doubt God. And when we doubt God, we disbelieve God. 1 John 5.10 says that we are really saying that God's a liar when we do that. And, we can, and we're saying that God can't be trusted to do what he said he would do. Well, we know that's not the truth, but, but in that moment, that's exactly what we're saying. And so Satan causes us to doubt God by leading us to sin against God and by causing us to justify our sins against God. And when we fall into this trap, we're guilty of degrading God's character and elevating Satan's character. And no good can ever come of that. We remember back in the Garden of Eden, Satan launched his fiery dart, his first fiery dart. And in that time, he tempted Eve to doubt God and to distrust the very word of God. And since then, the devil has lit every arrow that he has ever fired at the people of God from that same fire. He tempts us in the same manner in which he tempted Eve then. And he tempts us all according to the same pattern. And that pattern is given to us there in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. We see the lust of the flesh or coveting. We see the lust of the eyes. We see envy. We see the lust of the heart, which is pride. And it's also found for us in, in 1 John 2, 16, when John says those very things. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And interestingly enough, the Lord Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, he was attacked with the very same fiery darts. Satan didn't, didn't change his tactics. Even when firing against God himself, Jesus Christ, he fired the exact same arrows. But Jesus deflected the way that Eve should have deflected. Jesus did. The Lord Jesus deflected the devil's darts the way that we should deflect them. Jesus deflected them the way that all of us should, through using the very word of God. And if we would stand for the Lord against the attacks of the wicked, which refers to the devil, then we must stand against him, holding up the shield of faith. We must lift the word of God together and stand side by side, creating an impenetrable wall that Satan cannot defeat with his schemes. And are we ready to do that, church? Are we each and every one 
going to be responsible enough to hold up the shield the Lord has given to us. Because if we get shoulder to shoulder, and if we as a church are marching forward, all holding the shield that God has given to us, we will be an impenetrable force for the Lord. The word of God, the truth of God is what we must have if we would see the fiery darts of the enemy quenched. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 through 6, he says, Every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto the words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 30, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, for whatsoever, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and that is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So, Brinesburg, what is the shield of faith? The shield of faith is simple trust in God. That's what this shield is. It is taking him at his word and believing him in all things. It is putting him and his will ahead of everything else within our lives. So that when Satan launches his fiery darts, and he will. So that when, when, when Satan fires those, those fiery darts at us, we're able to hold up that shield of faith and watch them all fall harmlessly to the ground. When we trust God, we can stand against all the attacks of the enemy. The shield of faith is more than a piece of armor to be taken out for our protection when needed and then put away. No. The shield of faith is what makes the Christian life even possible. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the Lord says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. This kind of faith is the very lifeblood of the believer. And so the shield of faith, which is, again, simply childlike faith, trust in the Lord, it's a shield that the arrows of Satan cannot penetrate. Isn't that an amazing thing? Childlike faith, that faith that we can trust God at his word, is a shield that Satan cannot penetrate. That shield will protect you. It'll protect you here. It'll protect you forever. Like the ancient Roman soldier who, when slain in battle, would be carried off the field on his own shield, on one of those door-shaped shields. The shield of faith will carry you home to glory and bring you into the very presence of the Lord. It's that same faith. So you stand protected this morning by the shield of faith. Are you rooted? Are you grounded in the truth? Are you ready for the attacks of the enemy? The only way that that can be possible is if you have a personal love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I say to you, don't, don't say, well, you know, we're going to come back together on the 24th, and I'll make a decision then. That's exactly what Satan is whispering in your ear right now. He's telling you, you've got two weeks to wait. Do you know what can happen in those two weeks? Well, you say, no, brother, but I don't know what could happen. Well, neither do I. And because of that, why put off what you know the Lord is calling you to do today? If the Lord is speaking to your heart, if you, if you can feel the Holy Spirit moving you to turn away from your sin and to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, do that this morning. And do that by, by, by messaging us. We're, we're going to be right there. We're, we're watching what's going on on Facebook Live right now. And, and so let us know. Or, or call me. 
My phone number again is 270-703-9900. I want you to call me. I want you to text me. I want you to let me know whatever the question you may have, whatever need you may have. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you this morning. But whatever the Lord's doing on your heart, don't put it off for a week or for two more weeks saying, well, I've got this excuse or that excuse. God's moving on your heart right now. You, you respond to the way he's speaking to you. The shield of faith. Are you living a life that, that tells the world, my faith has been placed in Jesus? If so, you have a shield that the enemy can never break through. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we recognize this morning that we've got folks in many homes this morning who do not yet have a relationship with you. Lord, folks that are are, are what we might refer to as good church-going folks, but they've never truly given their heart and their life over to you. And so, Lord, today I pray that they would stop playing games and that they would respond by faith to the simple message of the gospel. Others of us... We have that relationship, but we sure haven't been living that way. We sure haven't been holding that shield in front of us on a daily basis. We've been giving in far too easily to those darts that are being fired at us and allowing our our heart to be inflamed with, with lust and with pride and with hatred and with envy and all the other things that we've talked about this morning. And so maybe we just need to to admit that to you, Lord, and, and, and hold up that shield once again that you've called us to hold and stop putting it down. Lord, some of us have other needs on our hearts this morning. And Lord, I want folks to know that they're not alone. We've got so many folks who are going to be able to talk to them, be able to message with them. Uh, I'm right here. And so, Lord, I just pray that, that folks would reach out. And Lord, I pray that today might be a day of salvation for many. To your honor, to your glory. But we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with the relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.